Attorneys cannot claim expert status in any field of law. The name of this program was arbitrarily picked by the host. Welcome to Ask the Expert with noted radio host Steve Sleeper. Each week, Steve interviews entrepreneurs and professionals and shares their intriguing stories of success and service. Now, here's radio veteran Steve Sleeper. Our guest today is criminal defense attorney Paige Feldman in Raleigh, North Carolina. Paige is equipped to help you navigate through the storms that are your criminal charges with kindness, compassion, and respect you deserve. I began the interview by asking Paige about herself and her firm. I focus primarily on criminal defense in Wake County, North Carolina, which is Raleigh, North Carolina. We're the capital. We are the second busiest county in terms of criminal cases in North Carolina, Mecklenburg, where Charlotte is being the first. I also do a lot of restraining order defense in Wake County. Those are domestic violence protection orders, as well as no contact orders. So neighbor fights, basically. Those are civil matters. So right now, it's just me and the firm. Just me. I answer the phones. I do the billing. I do it all. Although I hope to change that in the future. I expect to be growing soon. And to be clear, I cannot legally say in North Carolina that I am an expert in any field of law. What should I expect from a good criminal defense lawyer? You should expect your lawyer to be brutally honest with you in a polite way until it's time not to be polite anymore. Your lawyer should never make promises that the lawyer cannot keep. So that means the lawyer should be always telling you what the worst case scenario is. Basically, and it's cliche, uh, you should always, the lawyer should always prepare you to expect the worst, but hope for the best. And I know you've heard this from previous guests on your podcast, your lawyer should communicate with you. They should actually return your calls and emails within a reasonable time. Uh, one of the biggest complaints that I hear in my practice from people who have come to me is that their lawyers don't return messages in a timely fashion or at all. Let's say I get arrested. W what happens after that? Oh, let's hope you don't. Okay, so in North Carolina, after a person is arrested, they are taken to the local jail to be fingerprinted and processed. This means their fingerprints are going to be run through a system to see if they have any outstanding warrants in other counties that they could be charged with. Uh, depending on the county, and this is a topic we don't want to dig into, but depending on the county, there might be immigration holds put on too. So the arrestee will then go in front of a magistrate to have bond set based on the arrestee's criminal history as well as local guidelines in that jurisdiction. Sometimes, at least in North Carolina, the person will be released on a written promise to appear. Sometimes it's an unsecured bond, which means they don't pay anything unless they don't show up to court. Or it could be a secured bond, which is what you traditionally think of, what people traditionally think of, which means they have to pay to get out of jail, and that's when they tend to utilize a bondsman. So what is the difference between a felony and a misdemeanor? Oh, in North Carolina, um, a felony is a one year, so 365 days or more sentence, one year or more. And in North Carolina, we have a range of felonies. So we start with the top where we have those A's and then we go all the way down. And the worst ones are um, murder, homicide, and then sexual assault. And then it goes down to the minor drug crimes. A misdemeanor 
is that less than one year sentence that a person is not eligible for one year in jail. So those 365 days. And misdemeanors can be anything from um, assault with a deadly weapon to possession of drug paraphernalia, such as uh, maybe a glass pipe, or driving while impaired, which is generally not a felony in North Carolina unless there are some aggravating circumstances, such as very serious injury. With a DWI, what are the police looking for when they pull people over? So police are looking for a number of factors. They especially pay attention to cars when it's later at night. So think after dusk when it's dark out, that's most likely when people are going to be driving while intoxicated. They're going to be looking at cars that weave outside of the lines of a road. So weaving within the lines is not enough to pull somebody over in North Carolina. However, weaving outside the lines is enough. They're also going to look for excessive speed, obviously. But one thing people don't realize is they are looking for people who go excessively under the speed limit because that's an indication that person might be doing something wrong and is trying to avoid detection. Do the police make procedural mistakes? Of course they do. We all make mistakes and we know they make procedural mistakes. We see it in the news every day. In fact, if a DWI is dismissed in North Carolina, it's almost certain that it is dismissed because it's procedural. This could mean the officer didn't order an interpreter for a suspect who doesn't speak English, or they didn't allow the suspect to call a witness before blowing into the breathalyzer at the jail. It could also be that the officer didn't have reasonable suspicion to pull the person over or probable cause for the arrest. Okay, in North Carolina, does a person have to take a roadside exam? Great question, Steve. No, they do not have to take roadside exams. However, refusing to do so will be used against a defendant during the trial phase in court. I personally recommend people do not take the exams. However, if a person refuses a breathalyzer, then that person, by law, automatically loses their license in North Carolina, their driver's license, for one year. So the breathalyzer is that machine that's at the jail, or if it's a roadside stop, we have this big motor home, and it'll be the machine inside of that. Many people get the portable breath test, which is this little handheld device confused with a breathalyzer. So if anyone ever gets pulled over and they don't know if it's a portable breath test, which they legally don't have to blow into and it won't affect their license, or a breathalyzer, they should ask the officer. And the officer does need to say, this is the difference. Here's what we've got here. Let's talk about plea bargains. Do you see that a lot in in the system? Tell us about that. Yeah, that's a really hot topic because what we're hearing right now and maybe we've heard for years, is that a lot of defendants will plead to something they are not guilty of just to get out of jail or just to get the system, to get it out of their system. So a lot of people, when they are charged criminally, they lose their employment and their housing. So if they go ahead and just get something over with, they're able to move on with their lives and maybe get their job back. That happens a lot in uh, professional jobs where someone has to be licensed to perform that job. It's really sad. A lot of prosecutors will add charges 
if a defendant refuses to take a plea. And it seems super unethical, but it's actually perfectly legal. I personally believe no one should ever take a plea without speaking to an attorney first, and no one should ever take a plea or plea guilty to something they are not guilty of. Okay, finally, let's let's talk about the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. We're a little over six months into that, I think, now. I'm assuming you're open during the pandemic, but how are you handling it? How are you meeting with clients, that type of thing? Yeah, I am very much open. We shut down our courthouse, court system shut down from middle of March, so probably right when everybody shut down until June 1st. Our county is very open. We are maybe one of the few that is running full force with everything criminal defense. Now, we don't have jury trials right now, but we are still having bench trials, and I've actually done quite a few. They are trying to reduce dockets by allowing defendants to appear through their attorneys. It's called appearing by waiver. So that means I get a signed waiver saying I'm allowed to appear on their behalf and make pleas on their behalf. And it's permitted uh, right now under most circumstances. So the courthouse is, at least our courthouse, it's large. We certainly have had many, many cases of COVID. It's frightening, but at this point, I have to do my job and I have to protect my clients. So I'm going to court every single day. And all of us are at risk, but it is what it is. We've we've got to keep the justice system moving. As for meeting with clients, I'm certainly doing Skype and Zoom. I'm doing mostly phone calls. I'm meeting with very few clients in my office. If I do meet with a client in my office, they have to go through a temperature check first, wear a mask, and sanitize their hands before they walk past my initial entryway. Our guest today has been attorney Paige Feldman in Raleigh, North Carolina. She can be reached at 919-747-3244. Thanks for listening to Ask the Expert with Steve Sleeper. Join us next time as entrepreneurs and professionals share their intriguing stories of success and service.